0: Hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're gonna save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So, go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome along to the Rotoviz Draft Series on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. For this series, I'm delighted to be joined by two guys that I love to get their thoughts, love to hear what they have to say, and especially when it comes to prospects coming into the nfl and this rookie class and that is travis may you can follow him on twitter at ff underscore travis m of course travis is part of the road of team and hosts his own show here on road radio that is the college of canton podcast and i'm also gonna be joined by john daigle and you can follow him on twitter at not daigle uh, of nbc sports edge football and John is going to, as, as you'll hear here as we go through these conversations, both himself and Travis locked in on the info here as we get ready to, to talk to these college prospects. Just a short couple of weeks away from the NFL draft, so it's really coming in close. Very shortly, we'll know exactly the landing spots of these players. We'll know exactly where they're going, who they're going to be playing with, where their ADP starts to shake out. But we can get ahead of that there by trying to see where the benefits of these players will be in terms of. NFL prospects and then of course where it filters into the fantasy football landscape so really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you for a little bit of background we did a long conversation we recorded this here and I've split it into four shows in terms of tight end wide receiver quarterback and running back and today's show is going to be focusing on the wide receiver position so much talent in this wide receiver class really really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you as I mentioned it's going to be four parts there's going to be four different editions they are going to drop day by day over the next couple of days this is going to drop on the 17th of april and we're going to continue then 18th 19th 20th to drop these as we as we move forward and get close to the draft hopefully you're really going to enjoy it i really enjoyed recording it thanks again to the two guys for jumping aboard make sure you're following them on twitter once again john daigle is at not j daigle and travis may is at ff underscore travis m let's jump straight into it let's get into the conversation So in this draft, it seems more like Jamar Chase is going to be the, the consensus wide receiver one overall. Um, looking pretty solid, but um, there's a lot of conversation around the the depth of the class. Looks pretty good. What for you sets him apart as a, as a top wide receiver over some of the other uh, guys in this, as I mentioned a moment ago? A pretty deep class um, heading into it.
1: Not only a deep class this year, but I believe he would have been the number one prospect last year as well. And as we know, that class had a lot more archetypes that we like from our wide receivers, bigger and working all across the field, and special team skills as well. For Chase, what stands out for me is just the fact that he averaged 21 yards per catch and scored 20 touchdowns as a 19-year-old at LSU before opting out last year, of course. Um, His 24 deep catches in 2019 that year as well were the most pro football focus has ever charted in any collegiate season and then you go back and look at his resume against NFL corners and I know it's it's a small sample still but he had two games one against Trayvon Diggs in the college football regular season where he put up six 140 and one Diggs of course uh, Cowboys first round corner last year and then AJ Terrell the Falcons first round corner last year and the college football playoff game Chase posted him with nine 221 yards and two scores so overall even with his size There's just no flaw in his game, uh, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, he's one of the easiest slam slam dunks in a long time, I think. Uh, Even when you, I think uh, a recent piece in The Athletic was just outlining the fact that, you know, last year's NFL Combine, which was the last time we actually had a normal Combine, the star that everyone was talking about uh, even a year ago was Jamar Chase, not any of the wide receivers that were actually there. Like he would have already probably been in the wide receiver one competition uh, conversation. Uh, last year, had he been able to declare, uh, even then. So yeah, somebody that checks every box just from an analytics standpoint, you know, coming in by just about every measure in terms of yards per yard team pass attempts, dominator rating, or you know, receiving yard market share, uh, any kind of adjusted efficiency numbers. Even if you look at how he um, like his adjusted catch rate at the depth of target that he is, he showed successfully, consistently uh, in, in the sample that we do have from him. Uh, every every box seems to be checked with jamar chase and i i said it last summer and I, i'm still thinking it now like there's just not really a conversation as to who the wide receiver one is by virtually any
2: measure yeah last year we had a couple of guys that were in that mix and and um, then there was guys who weren't exactly in that mix who <laughs> catapulted themselves by season's end and into that mixture but when we look at the class and we've, we've touched on chase we both think he's the guy at the top of that is there a guy maybe who is your guy who's not Jamar Chase but is the next guy that you want you know in terms of where we're looking here in this draft process that you're all in on no matter where he lands I know landing spot does dictate a lot of success but is there somebody that you think pretty much no matter where he lands is going to be a success John
1: oh I love Rashad Bateman um, I like guys who have proven they can do it everywhere on the field when asked to and Although he has the size, the height, to attract NFL front offices at 6'2", I don't know when and if he ever played at 210. That's what he was listed at in college because he checked it at 190 at his pro day. But no matter where the coaching staff, his eventual destination puts him, he can succeed. Um, Ran 87% of his routes out wide in 2019 and proceeded to lead the country in yards per route run from that alignment. They lost a few talented players, uh, in 2020 last year, and so they moved him into the slot for a career-high 61% of his routes to concertedly pepper him with more targets. And that's why his ADOT and other numbers fell. But even so, he recorded 36 broken tackles on 147 career catches while at Minnesota, while averaging just over 15 yards per catch. So an explosive receiver that, that is interchangeable between the slot and outside, there's no way, in my opinion, the NFL can mess him
2: up. Yeah, Bateman looks to be somebody who's going to be pretty exciting. And there is a lot of guys in this class that you could rank in the top 10 and switch them in slightly different order. But, uh, you know, guys, I know Jalen Waddle, somebody who's been a little bit polarizing in the process. Um, but I think there's a, a lot of talent there. Devontae Smith as well can be very, very interesting. Is there anyone, uh, obviously there is going to be somebody, uh, but who's, who's standing out for you, Travis? For me, it's Elijah
3: Moore. Uh, I know that uh, not everyone is is all in on Elijah Moore with you know getting top twenty capital or anything, but you know recently there's been more buzz about that actually uh, possibly happening with first round capital for Elijah Moore anyway. And I think it's just uh, we don't have you know we, everyone was hyped up about the guys that were at Ole Miss before Elijah Moore, uh, but as soon as he was given the opportunity to emerge post AJ Brown, post DK Metcalf. He was the entire offense, uh, you know, posting, you know, 30 plus percent uh, numbers across the board of uh, in terms of percentage of that uh, receiving offense uh, even a year ago in 2019 and then exploding in, in 2020 with the, you know, ridiculous 86 catches for, you know, almost 1200 yards and uh, you know, over over 60 of his catches, just over 60 of his catches last year came from the slot. And so people think, oh, he's just going to be the slot weapon in, in the pros. And that's all he's going to do. And that's going to limit him. What? But that's not the case. Uh, he, he showed that he could even be way more efficient as an outside wide receiver, just like A.J. Brown was able to do uh, when D.K. Metcalf missed some time uh, at Ole Miss. Obviously, it's a different system than A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf were playing in. But Elijah Moore showed extreme versatility from the slot and the ability to be highly efficient as an outside wide receiver too. And he checks in with sub 4-4 four, four wheels. Uh, so, I mean, uh, NFL decision makers are addicted to speed. And so I think he's going to see top 50 draft capital. And because of his ability and, and demonstrated consistency across the board at, at any uh, wide receiver alignment and, and really anything you want to ask him to do in the route tree and you look at his analytical profile that's solid and you think, wow, that guy's a slam dunk. No matter where he lands, he's gonna find a way to get on the field immediately.
1: And you talked about not him not having top twenty draft capital. That's probably true, but he's being mocked in a lot more late first rounds. Yeah. Which if he lands with the Packers, like his Uh, dynasty and fantasy capital, my God.
2: Yes. Amen. for the listeners listening in uh, myself and Travis both uh, just put our hands in the air there I think that would be pretty awesome and when we look at the last two years in particular we've been really spoiled at the influx of talent that's come into the NFL how those guys have hit the ground running you mentioned their AJ Brown DK Metcalf there's just so much athletic talent coming into position but they've also been able to produce pretty much immediately I wonder are we going to get to a stage eventually where we're expecting that maybe even this year and it just doesn't happen in year one but it's going to be it's going to be fascinating and we will talk a little bit more in a moment about some maybe the guys that you're really high on but I want to jump back to you John in terms of players who maybe were seeing a little bit too much hype that we're not buying that hype that you feel might be a little bit overrated as they as they come into the draft process and we've seen players as well uh, you know I mentioned the good side of things we've seen guys come in go very early in those drafts over the last couple of years maybe a Henry Ruggs and just hasn't really worked out in that way is there somebody that might fit that mold unfortunately in, in 2021?
1: I actually think Kadarius Toney fits the Henry Ruggs mold in that he has to land in the right scheme. He has to with the right coach to succeed. Uh, He does have a few translatable skills, 32 broken tackles on only 80 catches the past two seasons, only three career drops in that span. And when you watch him on tape, he just explodes. He's actually one of the more fun players to watch whenever you're viewing the film. But he's only he only played wide receiver exclusively for two years at Florida because the team used him as a wildcard. Wildcat quarterback and gadget player in 2018. And in those two years, he was only aligned outside on 13% of his snaps. So he's more like a gadget slot receiver without the experience. Uh, I'm probably reaching for this comp just because it's most memorable and more recent in my head, but it reminds me a lot of Nicole Hardman, just a super explosive, fun player who just didn't get the experience because he also only played two years at wide receiver, primarily in the slot at Georgia. And then, of course, he hasn't translated really well in that role in the league. So I think there are probably two teams, I think, that would know how to use Tony properly. And what's funny is that he will have the draft capital. He's being mocked in a lot of top 20 scenarios. But overall, I'm concerned about him translating for sure.
3: Yeah, I, you stole mine, man. I, I don't think I've got any, <laughs> any uh, wide receiver in this class that I'm like, you know, just all aboard the fade train uh, like I am with Kadarius Tony. And it just seems like the easiest one uh, of the bunch because you know you can pick apart Devonte smith's weight or whatever that's been done a thousand times but i think kadarius tony somehow regardless of of everyone understanding uh that watches him closely the context you kind of described uh people are still forcing him up higher and higher and higher in these draft boards even today you know seeing people talk about how you know he might go ahead of Devonte smith you know this this actually being coming from some NFL Network people, and it's just like, man, that just sounds like incredibly terrible process. When you when you look at his production arc, it wasn't normal. Obviously, he was a converted quarterback to this utility player, uh, but he never, ever, ever did anything outside of this final season, and even in his final season, uh, accounting for less than a quarter of Ford's receiving offense. And you mentioned his uh, alignments, and and it, it is interesting how how little of his game he was aligned outside yet at the same time, he actually found some production just because they were basically uh, trying to set him up on some screens and other creative ways to get him open on the outside. Cause he just doesn't, doesn't know how to get out really open as an outside wide receiver and like a, a more uh, stereotypical or prototypical wide receiver role. Yes. He has like a cool spin move that he'll try to do it out of the slot. And yes, he can add some yak when people miss tackles. Uh, but man, it just seems like, Kadarius Tony is the easiest fade of all time, like, especially when you compare him to, to anyone else that's in the first round of conversation this year. So uh, he will be the outlier of all outliers uh, coming in with a, you know, an adjusted production index, you know, barely above uh, the bottom quartile, uh, even when you adjust for... His- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way
0: to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: his peak numbers this past year uh so any way you want to slice it analytically film wise uh everything except for maybe the the non-drop issue <laughs> or you know maybe the yards after contact per target numbers aren't, aren't terrible uh, this past year but man it's it's really rough to try to even begin to justify first round capital for Kadarius tony
1: and that's why we're not arguing about him being an athlete. Like he scored yeah. 120 touchdowns in high school. You don't do that unless you're an athlete. Yeah, uh, He was a quarterback actually, mm-hmm. but, but overall just translating to specifically that one skill set. Again, he's just going to have to land with an intuitive coach. And there are already so few of those in the NFL. I, I do worry about his outlook.
4: Yeah. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in the new showtime sports documentary the kings a four-part series premiering sunday june 6th only on showtime
2: yeah i think when both of you guys are fallen on the same player definitely is going to raise some red flags there um and it's also a bit of a positive that there wasn't anyone extremely standing out as well outside of that Um, So, hopefully, we're going to find it. But I do think we're going to see a high volume of wide receivers get that draft capital in the first round this year. And it's going to make for some uh, very, very interesting uh, activity after that in terms of ADPs and fantasy football and how things shake out from there. Um, When we look at some of those guys that we're looking then, when we get into the draft season, we're looking at players who we might like to get some values on. Is there any guys in that later round, maybe going. Anywhere, I guess, we'll say from around three onwards that you think uh, is going to be a very fascinating prospect uh, in the NFL. Maybe not even in 2021, but but have a successful NFL career.
1: I shouldn't be, but I'm a Dwayne Eskridge guy. (laughs) He's small, 5'9", 190, but he's blazing fast. State champion, high school sprinter. His straight line speed was reportedly the talk of everyone at senior bowl practices. And then he unsurprisingly ran a 4'3", 340 at his pro day. But what I love about him so much, and I should remind you that he's not going to have the draft capital, most likely. Uh, He did all of his production against the Mac. So, again, that's another knock on him. But Averaged 4.94 yards per route run last year. It's an Outstanding number. A career yards after the catch per reception over nine. So he breaks tackles, and that includes over 14 just last year. And then he also benches 350, squats over 500 pounds, and he has a 37 and a half inch vertical. So although he's going, he could be pigeonholed as just a straight line speed guy. He has the athleticism and the balance to break tackles. Again, it's going to come down to whether production and athleticism in the Mac actually translates but I think he's big enough and proved he can do a few things well enough that he makes sense as like a fourth fifth round guy that I'll be eager to watch
3: yeah Dwayne Dwayne Eskridge is an interesting one because he's he just feels like a small sample trap because like you said it was against the Mac like it was six games essentially like even when you look at uh, you know, his quarterback, Caleb Elby, like he just put together the most efficient season basically ever in college football passing. Uh, and It was it was just a, a six game sample against Mac only competition. And if you like watch many of his highlights, you'll see, you know, four or five of his long touchdowns came in the exact same look. It was like an RPO slant look where they just hit him in isolation and boom, he's gone because he's got that. He's got that track speed. Right. So. Man, if he's in the right situation, that's going to be everything for me with with him. But that's an interesting name to watch just because of what he can do from a speed speed stand, uh, standpoint. But I I don't know if he's going to go later at this point. But uh, Diami Brown, like, do we think he's? I mean, John, do you think he's a round three or later guy? Because to me, like, he shouldn't be, but I think he's probably going to still be. Um, like, Diami Brown is my guy, and I've been on him for. Uh, Quite some time. Just love his his deep game, and he doesn't just win with speed. He spent he wins with technique. You know, back to back seasons with fifty plus receptions. uh, You know, over one thousand yards, averaging twenty yards per, uh, and having basically the deepest average depth of target in all of football by a few yards uh, this last fall, and just burning first round NFL corners, uh, even two years ago. So I mean, he's got that. That complete resume, and it helps when you work with uh, Sam Howell, a quarterback, who's probably going to be a a top two quarterback in the 2022 NFL draft. But Diamond Brown just looks like he's got that deep threat ability to be a splash play specialist early and perhaps a volume guy in a more balanced outside receiver role, uh, really by year two.
1: His depth of target, which you mentioned it's not only just last year, it was a career 18.4. It's insane. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely insane. And he averaged over 20 yards per catch the last two seasons. Yeah. The, issue, the issue, of course, is that he didn't play in the slot at all. Literally less than 1% of his routes came from the slot um, while in his career at North Carolina. And, of course, he had a letdown pro day. But he does get talked up in a lot of mocks. And I've been listening to a lot of draft pods, and a lot of guys talk about him as a day-two wide receiver. And I think even as a deep threat, even if he's just a pop-a-shot guy, uh, there is enough room here with a lot of teams that he can make noise because he's someone that I was much higher on prior to his pro day, and then once we got his measurables, like, okay, maybe he's just an average guy, but his production speaks for itself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's gonna be fascinating. I think he you asked the question, as he tra- around three or later? I feel like he's a player who somebody's either gonna fall in love with and take. Uh, well above that or I think he's gonna be somebody who could slide through the cracks but I think there's gonna be an extreme value there for whoever does end up taking him so uh, you know we are I think if the listeners are listening I think they're gonna be excited about this class anyway I think listening to you guys talk about them they're gonna be even more excited but let John go first let Travis uh, go second for the final word in terms of summarizing this class and what the, the listeners should be expecting as we head into 2021 with the wide receivers I mean, with this class,
3: it looks like it's going to be a really deep group. I think for a long time we've known that that was going to be the case. Now, there are some more uh, kind of later breakouts and, I don't know, imperfect profiles, I guess, with some of these older guys. I mean, like even some of the guys that didn't work out like we thought they would, like Tamori and Terry's of the world. Uh, You know, and and people want to nitpick Devontae Smith's later breakout and everything. But I think when you look at the context of this entire class, like even the Tyler Wallace's, like the fourth year guys who've been Blatnikoff conversation wide receivers for a long time there's going to be a ton of value found in between picks 50 and 120 uh, and so it's going to be a lot of fun because you have these you know small sample guys that broke out and, and were insanely productive last fall in, in and in a strange season like Dwayne Eskridge but then you have these speedsters that with great analytical profiles like Elijah Moore and then Jamar Chase, who's been the guy for forever. Terrace Marshall who has been like the touchdown scoring machine to all of college football two years in a row. It just, it there's every type of wide receiver that you could imagine in this class. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this pans out. Uh, even the Rondell Moores that just looked like a complete unicorn due to his true freshman 2200 all purpose yard season. And and now, well, well he's five, seven. So what does he look like? There's. I've never seen a class like this before, so I hope it gives us a half, dozen, a half dozen or more hits the position. I think there's real potential for that.
1: There are a lot of guys who don't do a lot well as so much as they do one thing really well, and that's why I just think it's going to come down to the destinations for so many of these names. You're going to see rookie and dynasty rankings jostle after draft night per the team they land with and the coach they're going to work with because that's going to matter more so than maybe even the last decade for receivers.
2: that does take us to the end of that wide receiver conversation that we had we are very very excited about this incoming group of rookies the last couple of years as I mentioned we have had some phenomenal phenomenal talent come into the NFL I think we're going to see more of that coming this year and I think we're going to be pretty spoiled for uh, wide receivers over the 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 next four to five years in the NFL and of course that relates back to ourselves and fantasy football how we draft those rosters and how you can get those in your lineups uh, each week and each season depending if you're playing redraft dynasty and um, whatever format uh, that you're playing but it's going to be exciting and we're going to see some of these guys hopefully land in in premium spots to give them that opportunity to succeed right off the bat as they enter the NFL as I mentioned at the start of the show this is going to be a four-part series it was a four-part conversation we're going to be looking as well at all the position groups, basically in terms of the skill positions—wide receiver, tight end, running back, and quarterback—be uh, sure to check out all four shows as they're released. They are going to be released from the seventeenth of April, basically eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth, as the four shows drop day on day. Check back in on your Rotoviz radio feed. Make sure you subscribe to get all those shows once they go live. So much great content on Rotoviz this off season and throughout the season. We'll have you covered multiple shows every single day. Get your uh, fix as you get ready for the draft, or as you get ready for the season. Get yourself into uh, prime position to win your fantasy championship in 2021. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a one-year roto subscription on roto by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout, or we going to roto forward slash podcast for more information. Gets you access to all of the tools, all of the content up on the website, get yourself just along with the podcast content just gets you set up perfectly for success this upcoming year uh, so that once again is rv radio 2021 that's going to do it for today's show make sure you join back to, to get all four shows as we get ready here for the draft hopefully you will enjoy those if you do like them drop a written review on your favorite podcast app much much appreciated if you haven't already make sure you're following john daigle on twitter at not j that is d-a-i-g-l-e He is of course of NBC Sports Edge. You can find all the content he'll be sharing there on his Twitter feed and as well with Travis. Follow him on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. You can find all his work up on rotavis.com and of course the fantastic College to Canton podcast where he breaks down prospects like this uh, all the way through maybe even a year or two before they hit that NFL uh you know stage at the the draft night or maybe even undrafted and he gets you set up for success there so check that out as well once again that is the college to canton podcast thanks to both guys for jumping on Um, they're both fantastic guys fantastic follows on social media with superb content make sure you check them out of course my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland until we're back with another edition of the show of course have a good one